Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my dear friends in Christ, from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. What a week. What a week here in the Copper Country. What a storm last Saturday night. I only got about an hour and a half of sleep uh, last Saturday night due to children coming in and out of our beds. And so that was one reason that we canceled church last week. I was just too tired. Uh, But when I woke up at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, uh, as I do on Sunday mornings, just to go over things and pray and and think about what God has in store for Sunday morning, uh, it was raining a lot. I guess we were pretty much in the heart of the storm at that point, but I didn't think much of it. I never suspected that when we would wake up and the sun would come upon us that we would enter into what we all now know as our new reality in this community, this massive destruction and devastation that we have all faced. More on that, though, in in just a little bit. I also want to say to you this morning how good it is to be back in God's house with all of you. I want to thank Pastor Weber for uh, serving in my absence the last two weeks. Or last week we didn't have services, the two weeks prior to that. I haven't been here since the end of May, so it feels really good to be back with all of you. Uh, I, was, I was traveling uh, the first weekend in June. I was downstate for a wedding and then to Wisconsin for a convention, and then my family went on a vacation in California. We came back uh, last Saturday evening after ha- having been gone those two weeks. But today we're starting a new sermon series, and we're calling the Summer in the Psalms. Uh, so for the next six Sundays, we are going to take an individual psalm, uh, and we will kind of do a whole um, study over the entire book of the Psalms by taking one at a time. And what we will be reminded of today and each week in the Psalms is that it's good for us to spend time in God's Word, to meditate on His Word, to study His Word, but then also to have that Word transform us as we then go live out His Word in this world. During this sermon series, each week we're going to take a look at a psalm, and some of the psalms we will look at are more popular, if if we can use that word, than others. For example, next week we will look at Psalm 23, probably one of the most well-known psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That will be our focus for next week if you want to look ahead and do some studying on that. But today we're going to start where the psalms start, and that's with Psalm chapter 1, Psalm 1. Now, just to set the stage a little bit with the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms is a collection of Psalms that was gathered together over a a period of time. In many ways, the Psalms are like the ancient hymn book of God's people. King David wrote a good chunk of the Psalms, uh, but we also know that he didn't write a lot of them, and, and many of the Psalms are also anonymous. And the Psalms in general cover a variety of different topics that people face in their daily lives. But really, in general, as we look at Psalm 1 today, Psalm 1 serves as an introduction for the entire book of Psalms. And so Psalm 1 then sets the stage, it sets the theme uh, for what we will kind of encounter throughout the book of Psalms. So in general, here's what Psalm 1 says, and here's what we will experience throughout all the Psalms. Psalm 1 teaches us 
uh, about what a person who is faithful to God looks like. Okay? If somebody is faithful to God, if they, if they know who God is and they know who they are as God's people, what their life looks like. And Psalm 1 also describes the opposite of what someone looks like. It describes what a wicked person looks like. And so we learn in Psalm 1 what somebody who is faithful looks like. And the psalm describes them as, as, uh, as steady, as firm, as secure, knowing who they are and whose they are. And it says that they meditate on God's word day and night. And because of this, because they know who God is and who they are, it says they are blessed. They're blessed. They're blessed. They are considered to be righteous and not wicked. Righteous, not wicked. Righteous, not wicked. Now we know as Christian people who also live in the light of Jesus Christ that when God says we are righteous, that has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. We are righteous, the Bible says, because of who Jesus is. Because Christ is righteous for us, we are considered to be righteous. Psalm 1 begins with this word that's up on the screen. This very first word of Psalm 1 is also the very first word of all the Psalms, and it's this word, blessed. Blessed. In the Hebrew language, which the Psalms are written in, there are two words that get translated as blessed or blessing or, or blessing someone. There's two words. There's a common word and a less common word. The common word that gets translated as blessed means something like this. It means to receive God's gifts and then to offer him worship and praise by giving thanks. This is the, the common way of, uh, the common word for, for being blessed or offering a blessing. Receiving God's gifts and saying thank you to God and worshiping him by saying thanks. That's the common way. There's, there's a less common word in the Hebrew language that's also translated as blessed, and it means a similar thing, but more like this. You receive God's blessings, you respond to God in thanks and praise, but the way you respond is not just by saying thanks to God, but by living out God's blessings in your life, to be totally transformed by his gifts to you, and it affects the way that you live. Does that make sense? So one, the more common way is just saying thanks. The less common word is to actually live out the blessings. This one here, blessed, at the beginning of Psalm 1, is the less common word. It's the less common word. So when the Psalms begin, it is describing what the life of someone looks like who has received God's gifts and is living it out faithfully. Blessed and then living as a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Last Sunday morning... I told you that I woke up at 4 a.m. As I, as I do. I get up at 4, I have some coffee, I go over my sermon for the day, I just pray and, and kind of uh, think about God's word. And so when I, when I woke up and had my coffee, went down to our basement, I mean, it was storming good. Uh, it was raining really heavily, but I didn't, I didn't think too much of it at that point. I come to church on Sundays about 6 a.m., and on my way here, I, I live in Hancock, kind of by Pat's Foods, and came down the hill, and, and uh, at, at that time, there was a front-end loader down by, by Geno's that was scooping rocks up off the road, and, and it was still raining heavily, and I thought, wow, must be quite a storm. I mean, there were rocks all over the road. 
I, I, I came, crossed the lift bridge, started coming up the highway, and I mean, there were rocks everywhere in the road. It was, it was gushing down the highway. I got up to the stoplight on Sharon Avenue, and that stoplight was actually out of power at the time, but again, I just thought, well, what a storm, you know? So I, I turned left onto Sharon Avenue to, to come down the hill a little bit and then back up the hill as we do on Sharon. Uh, and as I turned left at that stoplight, there was a car that was, um, that was facing back up the hill, back up towards the stoplight, and it was stopped right there. And I didn't think too much of it at that point um, because I, I just, I, I didn't have enough time in all, in all honesty to even consider what was going on because as I looked at the road down below, Razorback Drive was just a raging river going across the road, and I thought, I'm not driving through that. And so I was turning my car around in the road to find a different way to get here when I saw that that car was not just stopped, but its front right tire was actually uh, in the sinkhole that's now taken up the whole road. At that time, at 6 a.m., though, it was only the shoulder of the road and about one tire width of the road going back up towards the stoplight. And this, this lady had hit uh, her front right tire on that sinkhole and, and couldn't move. And so I put my car in park, put the flashers on, it was still raining hard. Uh, I walked up to her car, and as I was walking up, I saw pieces of pavement crumbling right around her car. And I looked, and water was just rushing in that culvert underneath 15, 20 feet down below. I went to her window, and I said, ma'am, we need to get you out of here. The road is literally crumbling. Um, and, and after a little bit of conversing about that, she willingly came with me. We called 911. Her hand was bloodied. She got into my car. 911 said, you need to get to higher ground. There are roads washed out all over the county. Please, where can you, where can you go? Where can we find you? And I said, we'll go up to the Walgreens parking lot. So we went up to the Walgreens parking lot. And the woman said, I've called my daughter. She's coming to find me where I was. We can't see her from here. Can we get closer? And so in that, just that amount of time, pulling up to the Walgreens parking lot, I said, okay, let's turn around. We'll go park right by the Pizza Hut. So we turned around, went there, and her car was already gone. It had fallen in the hole and washed away. Probably you've seen pictures of that car down in that, down in that place. Uh, I've been in communication with the woman. She, she's okay. She's recovering, um, but very, very grateful uh, to be alive, and I'm grateful for that opportunity uh, to, to help and aid in that situation. I tell you this story today, uh, not to boast, not to boast of myself. I, I don't want any credit for this, but I, I tell you this to boast in, in God Almighty and his blessings upon us to be a blessing for other people. And I'll be completely honest, I had no intention of helping that stranded car that morning. I told you I was just going to drive by, but God forced me to turn around with a raging river in the way. Sometimes that's how God works, doesn't he? And, and so in this, in this story, I tell you this again, not to boast of myself, but to boast in God Almighty who works among us in marvelous ways all the time. And I know with all my heart that it was God who was working in this. I know that it was God who was working in this because God is a God of unending blessings. He is always among us, always providing opportunities to share those blessings with other people. We are blessed by God with his gifts and he calls us, commands us even, to live as a blessing to other people. That's what that word means. Not only to receive God's blessings, but to live them out. And I have seen this time and time again, even through many of you sitting in this room today, 
time and time again throughout this last week, I've watched and I've served with some of you being a blessing, being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this community. We do not, as the people of God, just receive his blessings. That is not what we do. We do not just receive his blessings, but those blessings of God ought to affect our everything. They affect our thinking, they affect our hands, our lips. God will use us, fully utilize every aspect of our lives to be a blessing for others in large ways and in small ways. Let me change gears just a little bit, and I want to tell you a different uh, set of stories as well. The first weekend that I was gone, that first Sunday in June, um, I had just done a wedding in downstate Michigan uh, on June 2nd. June 3rd, then, I took the Ludington Ferry across Lake Michigan, the old Badger. I don't know if any of you have ever taken that. To Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and then went to Wausau, Wisconsin. Every three years, our church denomination um, uh, gathers together in convention to vote on things. Our church is part of the North Wisconsin district with about 250 churches. So pastors and a lay person from each church go uh, to this convention to vote on things and have elections. Maura Lainanen from our church served with me. At that convention, um, I was elected to serve on our district's board of directors for a three-year term. Um, I've actually been serving in that position for two years already. I was never elected, but I was, I was appointed by the elected board because somebody had left the board and needed somebody to fill in. And so I've already been serving in this capacity for two years. I've now been elected. I want to tell you about a woman who I serve with on that board. Her name is Carol. First, a funny story and then a serious story. Right? Two years ago, um, I, I think it was the second or third meeting that I went to on this board. We meet for quarterly meetings. Uh, I think it was the second or third meeting. I showed up in Wausau at the district office and I walked into the building and there's a little bit of fellowship time with coffee and, you know, goodies. And so as I walked into that gathering space, this woman named Carol uh, came up to me and she said, hey, Aaron. I said, hey, Carol. And she said, Aaron, I was thinking about you this morning. And I said, really, why is that, Carol? And she said, well, I was picking out my clothes this morning and I thought to myself, if Aaron can wear jeans to these meetings, I can wear jeans to these meetings. And at first I, at first I laughed because I thought, well, that's funny. You know, I, I, I've inspired her. And then I looked around at all these guys in their suits and ties, and I thought, oh, no. Is this how I'm known around here, the young guy from the UP who's known for his casual attire? Oh, well, I guess you got to be known for something, right? So I even forgot to change my shoes this morning, so I'm wearing my comfy shoes, all right? Uh, but, you know, so that, that, was, that was a funny story about Carol. So now she and I wear jeans to the, to the meetings. Uh, I'm not sure the trend is catching on, but that's all right. Uh, a, a little bit more serious story about Carol, though. Um, Carol's husband was a pastor for a very long time. Uh, Carol's husband died this last year uh, after a long battle with cancer. She's obviously still grieving her husband's death. It's very, very fresh and, and new. Uh, but she's still finding ways to be active and serve in, in ways like being on this board of directors. Carol, every time that I see Carol and I, and I ask her the, the common question, you know, you, you, you meet somebody, you haven't seen them for a while, you always ask, hey, how you doing, right? That kind of common question. Usually people respond to that question by saying something like, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm tired, I'm busy. Those seem to be like the four common responses. You know what Carol's response is? Her response is, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How you doing, Carol? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. 
Now, I've never had a conversation with Carol about why she responds this way, but I've gotten to know her a little bit. And I'm going to read into a little bit, and I probably will have this conversation with her. But I like to think that Carol responds to that question with, I'm blessed, because she knows. She knows who God is. She knows when she says, I'm blessed, that I have a God who created me. I have a God who loves me. I have a God who has a purpose for me, who has promised me eternal life, who is with me every single day of my life, who showers grace and mercy undeservingly on me through Jesus Christ my Lord. I have a God who daily and richly forgives my sins and gives me new life. I am blessed by God Almighty and I choose to live my life in such a way where I acknowledge that I know who he is and I know who I am and I'm going to live as a blessing for other people by serving and loving my neighbors. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, it's a blessing to know who God is and who we are and that's what Psalm 1 is all about to know who we are and whose we are. This is what the life of a faithful person looks like. It means that we know that we are considered to be righteous in God's eyes despite our sin, despite our failures, despite our brokenness. God loves us with an unending love in Jesus Christ. He pours grace and mercy on us. This is what it means to live as righteous, blessed people. We don't deserve to be blessed. We don't deserve the opportunities to live as a blessing and yet God gives them to us over and over again. And therefore, when we say, blessed are we, blessed are we, we do not just take those blessings for granted, but as I said, this word in Hebrew forces us to have those blessings transform our lives that we live them out in this world. For these next six weeks, as we spend our summer in the Psalms, as we survey this ancient book of songs and hymns, we will be called to meditate on God's word constantly. That's what Psalm 1 says. Therefore, I ask you, my friends, what role does God's word play in your daily lives? What role does God's word play in your daily lives? Do you open up God's word and read it only in times of desperation? Do you just look at God's word when we gather together on Sunday mornings? Are you a little bit intimidated by God's word? You don't know where to start or what to read? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you are not alone. I've spoken with many of you, even those of you who are faithful in your worship here and even in your service to the Lord, and even you struggle to daily open up God's word, to meditate on it, and to let it, refl- to let it change your life. And therefore, for that reason, I want to give you a little bit of a summer challenge. As we journey through this book of Psalms, I want to provide for you an opportunity to daily open God's word, and here it is. Here it is. If you begin tomorrow and end on July 29th, when, this, uh, when we're done with this summer uh, in the Psalms, by reading uh, about four Psalms a day. If you read four Psalms a day, starting tomorrow and ending on July 29th, you will have read through the whole book of Psalms by the time we're finished with this series. Maybe we could do that as a church. I encourage you, challenge you to do that. Four, about four Psalms every day. Maybe you could do one in the morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or one at night. 
It's about, if you do the math, if you start tomorrow and end on July 29th, it's actually 4.2 psalms, for those of you who want to nerd out on it. I just warn you, when you get to Psalm 119, that one's really long. All right? So, here's the deal. On average, read four or five psalms daily, and we will read through all of it by the time we are finished on July 29th. Let's do that together. So, as we go today, I want you to think about Carol. And I want you to think about how you respond when someone asks you, how are you doing? I know all of you and your neighbors are facing all kinds of difficulties right now, but how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. God created me. Jesus has saved me. The Holy Spirit is with me to strengthen me and preserve me. God has big things in store for me and little things in store for me. His word is clear about who I am. I'm blessed, therefore I'm going to spend time in God's word, and I'm not just going to say thanks, I'm going to live in such a way that my life is transformed by that word of God. Friends, friends, I tell you, I boldly declare to you today that you are blessed. You are blessed. Give thanks to God by living it out and loving and serving your neighbors. And you know that there is no shortage of opportunities right now in this community to love and serve your neighbors. Okay? But in all honesty, there is never a shortage of opportunity. So go as God's people. You are blessed to be a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.